Modern Christian Dads, Season 2. We're about to explode. Seriously? <laughs> Just dudes talking news, sports, and God. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome into the Modern Christian Dads podcast. We're so grateful to have you guys with us today. It's going to be a special one. We have a very special guest with us today. His name is Evan Belk. And if you haven't heard of him, we're going to tell you who he is. He's a teacher. He's involved in ministry. Really cool guy. We're excited to have him. But let's go ahead and welcome in the boys here today on the Modern Christian Dads podcast. We have one Kelly Stevens. Yay! Yay! Good afternoon, everyone. How are you, Kelly Stevens? I'm fabulous. They're still yes, here I'm every single the, week. I'm saying the F word. The ladies keep coming back for <laughs> Kelly Stevens. We also have Greg Craywick. <sighs> yeah, this is a little weird because I don't have headphones on and I can't even hear what you guys are saying about me right now. <laughs> That's <so>. good. <laughs> Greg Craywick. We love him very much. And then we have Greg Walden. What's up, Greg Walden? What's up, everybody? <laughs> The uh, most weird and awkward person on the modern Christian dad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's <laughs> only when Kelly Stevens is gone. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. We tag the team. Hey. <laughs> yes. Hey, we are dudes talking news, sports, and God, and it's really a weird time. Obviously, you guys all know what's going on in our culture with the COVID-19, all those kind of things. So it's hard to talk sports right now because we're so limited in things that are happening. You do have a little NFL talk going on. You have some things happening, but just not a lot happening. I think the biggest thing that's happening right now is WrestleMania. I know, and I'm really excited about that. Which we are going to watch. Yes, we are. This weekend. We're going to get weekend, in on the WrestleMania. Saturday, probably we, be some chicken wings. Because we covered it last year. Yes. So we, we have to keep covering it as yeah, part of our tradition uh, reporting duties. I yes. think it's only yeah. right that we do that as That's exactly right. broadcasters to well, cover that event. And we'll have to tell everybody what happened because... You know, nobody can actually be there as an audience. Right. Isn't, did you guys catching that so far that like no audience members and. Yeah, I saw a little bit of that, but I was going to ask, do you guys wrestle each other at your party, at your watch party? Only if there's one donut <laughs> left. <laughs> <laughs> then it gets pretty ugly. <laughs> I might come just to watch that. Yeah. I'll bring one donut. We did. Uh, well, Greg Walden got a, uh, Greg Craywick got to see a little Royal Rumble with us. We did the Royal Rumble with him. Oh, yeah. But I think his wife. Yeah. Having the wives there was definitely awkward. Yeah. They, not yeah. A, yeah. They, we don't need to do that again. No. It, it kind of <laughs> put a damper on things. So. <laughs> but one thing that will not be featured at this year's WrestleMania is the Modern Christian Dads World Championship belt. That is exclusive to us. And uh, that would require a phone call from the chairman, Mr. McMahon, to talk to us about that. Oh, if you really wanted yeah. that to happen. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, we could do some promo type stuff, work for him potentially yeah. next year if he reaches out. Yeah. All yeah. right. We could do a little Mountain Dew. <laughs> and did you know D Mountain Dew sponsors WWE? Why not the MCD? You know, we're going to have to have a Zoom call on that one. That's right. So, all right. Well, let's get into it today. We have Evan Belk. He is a teacher at a public school, and he also works with a ministry called Rainmakers. We're going to talk all about that stuff. So let's go ahead and welcome in Mr. Evan Belk. Evan Belk, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for joining us on the Modern Christian Dads podcast. We didn't get the crowd to yell. You more. are good. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's for, that's for Kelly Stevens. <laughs> yeah. So Evan Bell joining us. You are friends with Kelly Stevens. How did that happen? That's probably a story in and of itself right there. I mean, it was just the first time. I, I remember the first time I met him was just at 
uh, the Bible study that we hold. Yeah, it was love at first sight. <laughs> yeah, love at first sight. I mean, it was he was the last one to come into the room. We were already deep in a Bible study. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Prayer requests come, and there's there's and Kelly. I showed up right at the end. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was it, it was one of those things where I was fresh out of college, and so um, being able to get a job in a place that like Steadly, where I'm able to kind of go and uh, be mentored by some really cool people at, at there, and be surrounded by men that are also believers in a public school setting was super cool you know super i mean something yeah. that i cherish you know so being able my first entrance into the not only to kelly but then to, to dr barlow and those things was a bible study you know yeah. and that was i mean i was hired on a monday while i was still a college student and then that thursday i was in a bible study with them and that was yeah. super cool just a super it, it cool is a thing. unique environment i remember when i yep. first went there to meet dr yeah. barlow uh, barlow excuse me and i was in the office and he was like talking about Jesus and yep. there's other people around. I was like, what are you doing right now? You get arrested. You can't do this. Right. You know, and I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to be talking about Jesus, but right. uh, so yeah, that's a very cool environment. Why don't you give us real quickly kind of your spiritual journey? How'd you become a Christian? Absolutely. I, I grew up in the church, um, at, in same church for my whole life. Um, it's kind of cool. My grandmother took my father when he was a little kid to the same church, first John Methodist in Joplin. And then after that, um, my dad brought his wife into the church, the same church, and then kids. And so I grew up in the exact same church my whole life. And so I've really got to have that experience as like a true family. You wow. know? So he was the board of the church. And so and that, that grew into me being into the board of the church and taking on some of those leadership roles. And uh, it's just a, it's a really cool experience. We got me and my wife got married in the church. And so I was surrounded by 100, 200 of my closest people just yeah. who I have literally seen me grow up. So you wow. said you were raised in the church. Yeah. Did you ever have that like, oh my goodness, come to Jesus time in your walk where you said, I mean, it was a moment where you really had to make a decision. Okay, yeah, yeah I've been raised in a Christian home, but now it's time to, for like me to get my life to the Lord. Absolutely. And mine's kind of, you know, here's the, I also went to a Christian school. I went to College Heights. And so for me, I was surrounded in the Christian <laughs> faith. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't know for a long time, it was okay to doubt things. Like it was okay yes. to yeah. be like, right. I don't know if this is like what I truly believe. I'm starting to question things. You know, it's one of those things where like, you're taught this, so you got to believe it and all. Like with everything, you got to believe it. And like my dad sent me down one time being like, like no, you need to figure out if you really believe it or not. You know, I was actually in like middle school. Yeah. I remember, like, I remember vividly when it became real to me. I was laying down, on, like, to backstory, I was like, I want to hear Jesus for myself before I get, yeah. I want to, like, hear him lead yeah. me before I put roots down into this faith. So I don't know why, but I slept on the floor every day. And I would read scripture and just call out to him and there'd be no answer, no answer. And just every day I would do that as I was mm. going to sleep, just sit there and just be like, God, reach out to me. Like I'm reaching out to you. I'm trying to give my life to you, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to do it until I know you are here and I can feel your presence on me. Mm. And so wow. I just, I was in middle school, like realizing, like trying to realize like, what was faith to me? Trying to learn out what does scripture say about these things? What does scripture say about just different things that life is telling me is different? that I've lived my whole life. So I got these competing worldviews where I have this public world, you know, cause I was on kind of a public AAU team or whatever you might want to say. And, you know, basketball world and how they were living compared to even though it was a Christian ministry, 
people involved who are not necessarily Christian. So I see how they're living compared yeah. to what I'm having to do yeah. in my everyday life. And it's like, okay, that seems like a lot more fun to me, what they're doing compared to what I'm supposed to. <laughs> so God, yeah. if you're here, you got to tell me because I'm not going to choose these things by myself. Like in order for me to do it, I'm going to have to have you tell me you're here that you love me. Right. And that's why I need to do it. And so I remember him vividly. I can't even really explain it. It wasn't really an audible voice. It wasn't in my head, but it's just this calming presence came mm. over one day. And all I felt was just, wow. I love you. Like, yeah. I, I love you. And I still feel that presence in it. it. I started weeping. Like, I, I've never wept before, but I started weeping right there. Like, okay, you are. This is why I'm doing these things. Like, it became real to me. And so as now a minister to, I went back and I got to coach at College Heights. And I would push kids to be like, doubt it. See, because I, I know mm. God's going to show up. Like, I know he's going to show yeah, up. Yeah. So if you go and actually question these things, I have confidence that my God's going to come through and show you, hey, this actually is real. Mm -hmm. You know, so go and ask questions. Because I think when we grow up in, like you said, like I grew up in the church, when we hear David and Goliath stories from the time we were yeah. two years old, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's just, almost harder to experience Jesus in a real way than someone who comes to the faith later in life mm -hmm. because we just grew up with it, grew up with right. it, grew up with it. It almost becomes part of your daily routine. It's exactly. Just, that's just what you do. Right. 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 Exactly. And I, I, gave, I shared this, um, I think, last week or a couple of weeks ago. My daughter, who is 25 now and married, been married mm -hmm. for a few years, has just within the past month or two given her life completely to the Lord. Now she was raised in a Christian home. We raised right. her and she's been on mission trips and everything. Right. But it wasn't just till a couple months ago that she was talking to my wife and said, you know, I did all that stuff to just kind of make you guys happy, to please right. you guys, to just go along with the way I was raised. Absolutely. She knew the truth. She knew about the word and everything, but mm -hmm. she didn't have that solid, true relationship, right. well, you know, so. Right, yeah. and that kind of dives into that whole like, you know, faith is not action. It's what you truly believe, like yeah. what you believe inside. And, and because of that, actions lead out. But if you do right. actions hoping that you believe, you won't reach what Scripture is trying to teach you. It's yeah. supposed to be, mm -hmm. I believe, therefore I do it. But we live in a society where we do it, therefore I believe. And we're missing the point. We're yeah. missing the point as a as a yeah. Christian culture. Yeah. yeah. Are you trying to host the show? Uh, well, I was trying. I thought you said you didn't want to host the show. No, I'm just kidding. Trying to host it without have fun on me. Yeah. <laughs> but that that's the dichotomy, isn't it? Though now, as I'm a first generation Christian, I have Christian right. kids. But the goal is that you you should. I think that's the ideal goal. You grow up in Christian and you grow right. up in Christ. That's God's plan. I think that Absolutely. we would grow up in a God fearing, God loving home. But the flip side is like. It has to become real at some point. Right. It has to become more than a form of religion. Right. That is just you do. It's like everything you believe and everything that right. you are. And as you get older, I, I, I see more of why parents are fearful for doubts. You know, like why they're scared. Like, again, Christian school. Like, I understand why some parents are like, I'm going to mm -hmm. put you in a Christian school so you don't have to experience some of yeah. those things. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and for right. me, like, I, I was put in public school just because my parent, my mom worked there. She was a music teacher there. If it wasn't for that, I'd be in a public school. Yeah. Like, so it was one of those things like... Free tuition. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, kind of. But, anyway, but it was one of those things like for me, like, I saw a lot of parents who were so scared to let their kids wonder and question their own faith. Yeah. And I don't think it's necessarily just to people who are in Christian schools or whatever, but I do believe that, I, and I can see why that's a real fear. But like mm -hmm. you said, in order to make it your own, I was so thankful that my parents were like, hey, 
we're going to let you question yeah. some things, yeah. you know, come if you have any questions, you know, or whatever. But they gave me space to grow, make mistakes and do all those things. Yeah. And so I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, and I, you know, I agree. Like I grew up in church too. Like my mom took me to church every every Sunday. We were there, you know, whether we wanted to go or not. My grandmother was a real strong Christian. My great grandma was Christian. But you know, like again, you can't ride their coattails into right. heaven. And eventually, you're going to have to make a decision. Yeah. And, and everybody has doubts. I mean, I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. And I had struggles with some areas of of Christianity when I before I got saved. My biggest struggle was how could God send somebody to hell? It right. didn't make sense to me. Why, you know, we're told that God loves, God loves you, God loves you, but then people are going to hell. Why does God allow that? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't understand it. You know, that was my big hang-up point. Mm. And like for those, like for questions like that, I know we don't want to dive into it, but for questions like that, a lot of people, parents, pastors, everyone, they'll be like, shh, 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 yeah. slow down. Yeah. Like, no, like, <laughs> the, like those are those, you know those questions that are mysteries that only God can answer. And like, while I feel like that's a cop out, it's also true. Like those are, there are some things where it's like, <laughs> just how God has it. But at the same time, like we need to be able to let those people dive into those things and come up with, you know, ideas for themselves or they're going to see, because a lot of people view their faith and it's so weak because we never let them grow. We never gave them opportunities to grow because we never gave them those opportunities like hey that is a tough question why don't we dive into it together mm-hmm. instead it's like oh it's just what we believe because yep. it's what we believe <laughs> it's one of those revelation things you know so yeah yeah well now that you're a christian we know that you're a christian right good job kelly because <laughs> when you said you're bringing your friends on we're you know concerned about that like, yeah, I, I know you're a little surprised is <laughs> it really gonna be a, a christian or not on the show <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like obviously and we'll this will connect i'm sure right. connect the dots you grew up with a passion for basketball absolutely yeah i grew up with an incredible passion i mean i started playing when i was a toddler i mean i really did and uh my goal was to play college ball and uh mm-hmm. Um, yeah, from a small high school, a division two, class two, college heights. I mean, we didn't win a whole lot, but I was able to, to, to put in the work that was needed to go play college ball and, um, went and played two years at Sterling. And then after that came home and finished my degree in playing at Ozark Christian college. So, um, played basketball there for a year and then soccer for a year. And so that was just a lot of fun. And so I was able to, um, and that passion kind of drove into coaching. And I think coaching was the majority of, of what it is. It's kind of funny. My mentor, who I was on the phone before I got here, he's the owner and director of Rainmakers and whatnot. And he told me when I was in third grade, I remember we were going to a basketball game. He told me in third grade, he goes, hey, I know that you're going to take Rainmakers over for me. Like, I know you're going to coach for me. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, he's telling a fourth grader this. I was in like fourth grade. I was like, I'm not taking yeah. over Rainmakers. I got bigger things to worry about than that. And here I am. Like age 26, fifth year being the regional director. And uh, there's nothing else I'd rather do. Mm. You know, like my, my, my dad, he works for Jack Henry um, and is doing well in his life. And he told me, I'm, he sat me down when I was in high school and he said, son, I don't care what you do, but as long as you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Wow, so I was like, great. let's do it. Like, I'm going to go and I'm going to coach. <laughs> I don't care what it is. Like, I remember I just found... When I was in second or third grade, I would draw up basketball plays on my homework. Like I was already kind of thinking as <laughs> yeah, a coach. Wow. Yep, that's you cool. know, and so from there moved into doing these ministries as coaching. Like I had to again, let's wrestle with I got told that coaching could not be a ministry. 
So I had to wrestle with myself. Yeah. How is this a ministry? Mm, How wow, can yeah. I coach as a ministry? And then now, like I got to do it at College Heights for four years, and I got to do it with Rainmakers. Now, how do I do it at a public school? Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, how does it change? Because it does change. It changes mm -hmm. how you do it. You know, and so I got to use this thing I'm passionate about because I believe that where your passion lies and where you're calling is where you reach people best for Christ. Yeah. So my calling and my passion is coaching. And so therefore I get to use that and it's my best way to reach people. And yeah. so, yeah. Well, you see coaches like Tony Dungy and right. Joe Gibbs. I right. mean, those are solid rock Christian guys Absolutely. that are, you know, awesome coaches. Right. Yeah. So, right. I mean, yeah, before we get deeper into it, I mean, who uh, this big, this will define probably our relationship right now is who is the GOAT in your mind, the GOAT of basketball? Okay, so I have some stats. You're going to see, Here we go. Here we go. see some of these things. So back when, back when Michael Jordan played, there was a rule, and I'm sure you guys know, there was a rule that you could not play help defense. You couldn't be more than what, three or four feet away from your defender or so, or there'd be a whistle and you would get a free throw right and then they would get the ball back now it's just you can't be in the lane for three seconds even on defense in the nba but it used to be you couldn't be in any type of help defense you had to be glued to your man so that's why you see all those posters of michael jordan you know those people showing up late because uh. michael was getting done was was dunking on people because they couldn't help it also if he beat his one defender and i know they put those jordan rules into place with the pistons or whatnot but that was because they couldn't come off on help defense all right now I'm taking uh, I, I like where I think I, think I like where you're going here. <laughs> yeah. I think I like where you're going. Rules going. have changed, but could you imagine LeBron at the weight he's playing at, playing under those rules where you could have no help defense? You know what I mean? Like that would be game over. Six eight, two fifty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, are you kidding? Like with no help defense, like he, you're gonna get hammered on. Yeah. Jordan rules wouldn't even apply because he's a fullback. You know, he's going through. So it. you're saying LeBron's the goat? I think he's. Yeah, see what I'm saying? Recently surpassed him. Yeah. Oh. Recently surpassed him. That's what him. I'm saying. Yeah, but you, LeBron he said is MJ. Goat. He said MJ, but you're another. You got another MJ. You like? Well, yeah. Okay, my favorite. My favorite. He's not the goat, but my favorite all-time player is Magic Johnson. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Number two, Shaquille O'Neal. Yep. Number three, who I think is the goat, one LeBron James. Yes. No. I number four. ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a Laker guy, so no. any, anyone who was a Laker, I love. No, you know, I understand Kobe, that. Like for me, I'm Kareem. a die, diehard Thunder fan, and like I have been, you know. So I, we can like that's a whole different issue that you know it takes episodes to get through. But like, I think it's recent. Like I really do. Like if you look at the run of how many NBA Finals he's recently made, like yeah. in a row, nine like straight. That, nine straight. Like that's insane to me. The yep. numbers he's putting up at this age, like it's with just, the teams he did it with. Right, right. If you look back at, and here's another thing too. Don't get me wrong. I think it's like right now one A, one B. Right. For this guy. <laughs> I, I think, think it's, I found my replacement. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kelly. One <laughs> A, one B, and yep. the thing is, is even with the the conversation. Michael Jordan, like he gets all those, you know, accolades for winning those six straight yep. as he should. Yes, yep. But he went through so much turmoil before that ever happened. Yeah. You know, that no yes. one that we don't even like to talk about. And we, my generation, all we've seen is LeBron, yeah. you know, through his whole career. Like he's the first superstar <laughs> that I remember 
kind of hearing about like he's the greatest he's going to be the greatest yeah. all time and like legitimately seeing him as a rookie until now like in like appreciating his greatness like i think when in the history books are all said and done we're going to see lebron in a whole different light just because he's cha- like it's one of those steph curry types he's changing and this is nothing he's changing how kids are playing just like steph curry is now you know what mm-hmm. i mean like when i yeah. go and coach and i start with the new team like it used to be like when I was playing, like yeah, we were enamored with three point line, but I loved it more than a lot of kids. Now I can't get kids off the three point line, and they're trying to do all those things <laughs> yeah, Steph yeah. Curry's doing and whatnot. Same thing with LeBron. Like you would see people trying to drive in, cuff it like a football player, like he would do, you know, and trying to hammer on someone with a yeah. mini goal or whatnot. Like they change how people played. Same with Michael Jordan. So, yeah. all right, we got severely distracted, but right. at least you and I are on the same page yes. now. So praise the Lord for that. Okay, let's I go. love football too. <laughs> Let's go back uh, to high school years, <laughs> right? Because your your Jesus experience was at what age? You said roughly middle school. Middle yeah. school. Would, talk talk to us about being a Christian, a basketball player in high school. Yeah, walking that out. I mean, no, you're in a Christian school, but. right? Yeah, but here's the thing. So, like, even though like I was a part of Rainmakers AAU teams growing up, and we got we were coached. Uh, some of you might know him. He now runs Victory Sports Ministry. But TJ Britton was my head coach. Um, in high school and then also Isaac Edwards was my coach and we would travel around the country playing these humongous tournaments playing against you know NBA players that are now in the NBA we played against Andrew Wiggins we played against all those guys that oh, were just wow. studs back in the day and um, it, it was interesting because even though it was a Christian atmosphere I was the only kid from a Christian school on that team because mm-hmm. he saw it as an outreach and so I had to balance like for one this competitiveness that I had to win everything with also like, I'm also a Christian, but then also (laughs) be surrounded by people that didn't see the world the same way I did. So every single tournament, every night ended up being questions from my teammates. Why do you live the way you do? Wow. You know what I mean? Like it ended up being this incredible thing where God used talents. I had, I mean, I scored over 1500 points in my career. So I was respected by everyone. I was the leading scorer, even on our AAU team. So I was respected by a lot of people and they would end up asking me a lot of questions. And I mean, still to this day, they reach out. I mean, it, I mean, I saw one in the mall about two months ago and he ran up and tackled me, you know, and it wasn't because, and here's the thing. It wasn't because of what I did on the court or whatever that was. It was all about, man, I just remember staying up late at night, talking to you about things, whatever it might be. Mm. Like, that's what they remember about it. And like, that's yeah. the thing that I hold so, so dear to my heart. It's like, I was put in a position where God used me to reach out to other people and be a part of the ministry that Rainmakers was. Yeah. So talk to me about, or talk to us, excuse me about, here's where I'm at. I was yeah, uh, unsaved in high school, right. played basketball, played sports. And then I got saved as a senior in high school. And so one of the things, and I've been a youth pastor in right. ministry. One of the things I think is so hard is seeing so many kids consumed by sports mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not living for Jesus. Or when I was a youth pastor, it'd be like kids that I could see that, that parents put priority sports over God. Right. Even, even as a Christian family, talk to me about how you navigate that. And so that's, talk that's to parents exactly about that. what Rainmakers is about because we take something kids. I mean, parents are passionate about their kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, no doubt. I mean, they're extremely passionate about mm-hmm. their kids. So instead of bashing them for, you know, wanting to be wrapped up in their kids, we try to show them, hey, we're going to use this thing called basketball that we're taking way too serious, you know, 
And we're going to take this thing called basketball and we're going to use it as a platform to reach people for Christ. So we mm-hmm. do devotions every practice. So that's two a week or whatever. We do devotions. We go to church on Sundays before our tournaments. I find a church at whatever city we're at. And we'll do a little, if we have time, we'll do a little church service or we'll do a Wednesday night service. That we'll, you know, parents, Our parents are super good about getting them involved in churches because a lot of my kids want to go on to play college ball. And so in order to do that, there's some traveling involved. There's some things you got to mm-hmm. do. So we use other avenues to get to get to them. But the one thing we try to do is we try to not bash them for it because I saw, I see articles all the time yeah. bashing parents, you know, yeah. why they do it. And here's the thing. They'll just end up rejecting you more if you do that. Because that's not done in love. You know, yeah, going to right. a parent being like, hey, I know you love your kid. I know you love basketball. But, you know, what can we do? Well, what's an eve? You know what I mean? Yep. You know, and so our Joplin ministry, they're not really focused on college ball. So they don't do any Sunday tournaments. They're strictly Saturday only. Now, for me, some of my kids want to. We have to do some. But, you know, it's, so it's one of those things where we put Jesus at every step. You know, we have a motto. I tell my kids, why are we here? And all my kids respond, have fun, play for Christ. You know, and that's the motto we say every practice to begin in practice. We say it before and after every game. And we go into devotions. Kids are getting baptized. And they think they're there for basketball. But in all honesty, they leave for Jesus. And I get to go see on their Instagram pages how their bio says, have fun, play for Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, you know, I got kids texting me, coach, I'm getting baptized this week. Can you be there? Can you baptize me? What can I do? How can I do it? So we're taking something that they came extremely passionate about. Here's another thing. We started out really terrible. We were really bad. You know, the program, we were kind of the kids that couldn't make any other travel teams, but now we're kind of being successful in some areas. So now we're showing, because I think success shouldn't wrap around wins and losses. And it, we haven't been like we've been focused on reaching people for Christ. But now we get to show people, too, that, hey, we're for something different. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we get to show other parents, other kids that, hey, there's something different from being wrapped around in your kids. Mm-hmm. One, of yeah. the, one of the coolest stories was we lost a game. My girls team, we lost a game to a team that we beat the day before. We beat them by 20 on Saturday and then we lost to them by five on Sunday during the tournament. And it was a rough one. Right. So I'm all huddled up. And one of the parents on the team that we just beat walked up to me and said, um, I need your phone number. I want to come play for you. And I go, oh, OK. I, I was like, why? She goes, we just saw how you guys handled that loss. And we could tell there's something different about you guys. Like, can we be a part of that? You know what I mean? And now she's year two, you know, left a really good squad to come to us because she saw something different. And I mean, in John 17, it says, like, they will know you because of your unity. And that's what she liked about us is we were just this cohesive group that, you know, so what we lost. I didn't scream and yell at them. And she's like, let's go. Let's do something. You know, we sat there and talked. We were able to be a family. We were able to get through it. And now because of that, because of how we acted in the world said, hey, there's something different about that. Now we got a whole new kid. It wasn't because we went and won and raised trophies and did whatever. Right. No, it's because we are a difference in that community. And let me tell you, that's one of the most unreached people groups in the country is these tournaments that mm-hmm. people are at. Because, I mean, literally, it's everyone who doesn't go to church. Yeah. Right. You know? And yeah. so yeah. They, see a, they see a team that's like, all right, they're different. You know what I mean? I got yeah. teams that lose a lot. I got teams that win a lot. But one thing that's going to maintain is we're going to be an outreach for people for Jesus. Like, that's it. And, like, I've got to the point where I, I got a group now that's a sophomore group in high school. They're boys. And I actively tell them, how are you reaching out to other people on other teams? 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, so we play at 9 a.m. Our next one's not till 11. Like, go be a witness. Go do something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Go reach out to these people. You know, if you do it actively, then that can be a breeding ground for a lot of people to come to Jesus and have great conversations. But all we want to do is sit there and be like, oh, look at these parents, you know, and how they were so wrapped up in their kids. Well, show them something different. Mm-hmm. Show them that they shouldn't be wrapped around their kids. If you sit there and bash them, that's going to make them only want to <laughs> stay away from you more. Yeah. But if you show them something different, make them want to be a part of your family, your church, whatever it might be. Yeah. Wow. I, I think that's probably why you're in Kelly Stevens' life, to help him learn how, <laughs> how to deal with the loss. Like, this is right, right. <laughs> I got nothing to say. <laughs> just agree. Just yeah. agree. Yeah, just agree. Okay, uh, so it sounds like you navigated high school pretty well in terms yeah. of faith. Did you have, I guess, I, I'm hopefully you championed it all the way through, but in college, did you, ha- did you ever have any other moments like that question backsliding or you get to college ball, that environment? What was that, that Ab- like? Absolutely. So I went to Sterling college, which is a Christian school. It's an NAIA school. It's uh, so, um, my first year was just one of those, like, I remember my parents. So it's about four hours away from Joplin. I remember my parents like driving away and I was like, Oh, I'm really by myself. I didn't know it was going to be like this. You know, like I'm like, not like they're gone, not even a phone call away. They're like gone, gone. You know what I mean? Like, and so um, they dropped me off on Saturday and I remember like vividly, it was actually a choice for me to go to church on Sunday. And I did, but like, I remember like, oh, I have to get myself up for this. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) there is no like mom clock you know what I mean yeah. tell me to get up like it ended up being something where it's like I've got oh. a wife clock <laughs> you know and so like it was one of those things where like I had to and I did I did question a lot of things because even though it was a Christian school I mean shoot it's well let's all agree mm-hmm. like just because you're Christian school doesn't mean <laughs> right. anything all right. Right. You know it's what just I mean? hidden better exactly mm-hmm. exactly yeah. and so um yeah I did question a lot of things I'd actually question again like okay I made a decision for Christ to follow him but it was still my parents taking me to church. I was still going to a Christian high school. I was still a part of a Christian ministry. So now I had to go seek it out. And so I did. I became a, a youth youth minister, a small group leader, which was awesome. Um, but at the same time, like Sundays, all of a sudden it became real like dreary for me because, I mean, you're playing college sports. I mean, that's you got a two-hour practice followed by weights, followed by mandatory study time, like all these different things. Like also like Sunday looks yeah, like. I've been there. Yeah, right? <laughs> Saturday. The planking champion. Right, planking <laughs> champion. Right over here. Saturday was usually game day, so we're coming back late. And so also like Sundays became a decision for me. Like, you know, it's my one day off. Do I really want to get up, you know, and go to church? You know, and I, I struggled with that. Let me tell you something that happened for anyone that's about to go to college, you know, I found an incredible group of men that are still in my life today. And I didn't force anything, but also I got this brotherhood of guys that all played sports. So one thing, they were all in similar aspects. They all were away from their families for the first time. And we, you know, we got this brotherhood that, so I left in 2014. We still text in a group chat today. 10 to 20 times a day almost sometimes. Some days we go without texting, other times. But we get on FaceTime during this quarantine time. Every other day we get on as a group. All nice. of us still there. And one's in San Francisco, one's in Kansas City, one's in Dallas, um, and uh, one's in uh, Nevada or Reno. And so he, all of us get together and we do a Bible study. 
and we dive in and every new year's we meet up and now it used to be just us five and now we have our wives with us you know and yeah. stuff like that just seeing growing as family but i found a brotherhood of guys mm. that helped me along with the journey yeah. my freshman year i tried to do it by myself I tried to be my own voice of reason. I tried to do it all myself and I failed miserably. Mm. The second year, I put myself in a position of leadership and then I got these group of brothers that over time became blood to me. And mm. they all came from different backgrounds, so different points of view, but one thing brought us in common, that was Jesus. Mm. Yeah. So I went and sought out those guys and they are still speaking forces. All of them were in my wedding, you know, back in September, they all stood before me. So from 20, shoot 2013 to now wow they've been my speaking forces even <laughs> though they're all doing Praise ministry God. in somewhere in some other capacity i know that and here's something that kind of talks about philippians one it's just good to know that other people are on your side doing doing the same thing mm -hmm. you're doing yep. struggling doing going yes. through the same struggles you are you know all of us are kind of getting married or are towards that point. So having a group of guys. Was that a struggle? No. Yeah, okay. Oh, <laughs> trying to help you here, brother. No, no but there, there, there's there's questions. You know what I mean? Like there's so many yeah. different questions. Is this normal? Is this not? How am I, lo am I loving my wife properly? Having a group of guys that are, are comfortable enough to be like, are you loving your wife good today? You know what I mean? Like those are real text messages I get where they're like, we want to hold you accountable to the standard that we know you want to hold to. So are you loving your wife properly? Does she know that you love her? Are you pushing her towards Jesus today? And having a group of people that came from all these different backgrounds sit there and hold me accountable to that while I hold them accountable to, best thing you can do. So even if you don't go to a Christian school, find them and be patient enough to seek mm -hmm. them out because that, my first year to second year, first year, terrible. I wanted to leave. Second year, I surrounded this group. <laughs> and when we left for summer, like we had like, Literally, football, baseball, athletes, college athletes all hugging each other, crying because we didn't want to leave. Yeah. You know, and that was not because of sports or anything else we did. It was literally Jesus. That's yeah. the only wow. thing that really connected us. That's yeah. awesome. Side note, so if it, when you're at Steadley and you see Kelly Stevens on the floor, right. he's planking. He's practices, <laughs> practicing his planking. He's on his belly with <laughs> his hands and legs <laughs> up in the air. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. you're going to get there, Kelly Stevens. We believe. <laughs> My elbows are not long enough to be <laughs> off the floor. So. That is awesome. You can use him as a coffee table. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, kids. We're going to practice planking today. And I got a special guest to help us out. <laughs> on how not to do it. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we walked through part of your journey. What's the goal now? The goal is what? Uh, you know, the the goal is to go wherever God leads me, like in all mm -hmm. honesty. Um, if you talk about my like overwhelming passion, I have a passion to coach. Keep coaching. Yeah, I yeah. want to coach. And so um, I've just been trying to grow in that area, like in, in a huge, huge, you know, so I was, I got the opportunity to be a high school head soccer coach and I got to be an assistant coach. And now I'm here at Carthage doing the same stuff. I'm just trying to grow. Yeah. Like that's it. Like I, I'm so passionate about it. So I, I just want to All grow. time favorite coach. How about that? Okay. So I got, uh, that's a, <laughs> oh, he's got stats. Oh, I like this guy. We got to geek out on that stuff. Sometimes. So if you're, if we're talking about, there's a whole lot of different things. If you're talking about the culture that they build, it's John Wooden, like a yeah. thousand percent, and yeah. just how he gets buy-in. If we're talking about, yeah. 
if we're talking about offense, it's John Calipari. Like, okay. I run his yeah. dribble drive motion offense. I think it's great. If we're talking about defense, we're going to go to Bennett in Virginia because that's also what I run, and I study his stuff okay. in a huge way. If we're talking just about overall who's my favorite coach, it's Coach K. I'm a diehard coach Duke K? Okay. Yeah. I'm a diehard Duke fan, so I know that's going to hit some people wrong, but I mean, I've, I have been since I was like yeah. four. I don't know why, but I have been. Diehard Duke fan. So. Well, I, I'm a Laker guy, so Pat Riley. That's yes. my all-time yes. all guy there. Yes. Awesome. Well, uh, before we end the show here, tell us about one more time about Rainmakers, how yeah. people who, who are listening could connect with that. Absolutely. Website, all those kind of things yeah. they can check out. So we have a Facebook page, Rainmakers Christian Sports Ministry. Rainmakers is two words. Um, you can reach out to me on social media. Uh, just type in Evan Belk. Um, I'm the only Evan Belk. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. <laughs> so, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, reach out to, to me on social media or uh, on email, evanbelk14 at gmail.com. But yeah, Rainmakers, we just use basketball as a platform to reach people for Christ. Like that's it. And um, we want to do it at a high level. We want to be at a high level when it comes to our ministry, but we also want to be at a high level as when it comes to sports. And I think those two things can come together. Like I really do. Yeah. You know, so we want to bring both those things together and um yeah but you'll never know i mean you'll you'll never mm -hmm. not know what we're about and that's about jesus yeah great thoughts very healthy healthy perspective right i think on christianity sports interweaving together so you're a basketball player you're a teacher you're a coach and now you're a modern christian dad officially. not a dad yet not oh. A dad. oh wait no that was a prophetic word yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. that's a little ways away hopefully yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe oh, sooner than you yeah, he, got, yeah. he got nervous real quick yeah. boy. <laughs> Is your wife going to yeah. listen to this? <laughs> I'm going to oh, cut it off well, before the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we love to help. So. <laughs> Call me in a week if something changes or yeah. that really comes true or whatever. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's Evan Belk. We're the Modern Christian Dads. We'll talk to you guys next time. Modern Christian Dads. Season 2. We're about to explode. Just dudes talking news, sports, and God.